Everybody say amen when they're there. Book of John chapter 1, verse number 47. Going all the way down near the bottom. Simply says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree. Everyone say, under the fig tree. I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree. Believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you this morning on this subject, life beneath the fig tree. Life beneath the fig tree. Can we say that together? Life beneath the fig tree. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is powerful and it is anointed. We thank you for everything that's transpired in this service. God, we know that today is a special day. God, we don't want to just honor our mothers. We want to honor you. Lord, I pray that you would use me today to speak to this body of believers, and I pray that I would edify them, encourage them, and strengthen them. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. In our text this morning, we land in the middle of a conversation between Nathaniel and Jesus. This conversation is significant because it is found in the first chapter of John's Gospel. This may seem inconsequential to many, but it is not. This is the same chapter that opens with the popular and powerful words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John's Gospel and this chapter begin and end with distinct proclamations that Jesus is God incarnate. What's interesting is the way that John does this. For example, in John chapter 1, from which we're reading from this morning, he concludes his doctrinal statement by saying, the word was made flesh. In chapter 20, the last chapter of his gospel, John retells the story about Thomas having a revelation after seeing the resurrected Christ and proclaiming, He is my Lord and my God. One, comp, one proclamation is theological. The other is natural. In other words, John will always make didactic or technical statements, truths, facts about the deity of Jesus Christ, but then he'll follow through with an example of how that looked like in the everyday life of people. John wants to use as many methods as possible to help us readers understand that Jesus is the invisible God of the Old Testament made visible in the New Testament. Forty-five times John records Jesus using the unique phrase, I am. This is the same phrase that Moses heard on Mount Sinai when standing before the burning bush. Some of you Bible Thumpers and readers and students of the word know that after God said, I am that I am to Moses in Exodus, he never used that phrase ever again. And the Jews did not allow anybody to even use it. 
But when Jesus came on the scene, he would not stop using it. In the Gospel of John, it was typical for people to discover who Jesus is through conversations. These revelation conversations happened with people of all classes, rich, poor, popular, unpopular, amen, sick, healthy, it didn't matter, religious, non-religious, sinner and saint alike. Because Jesus Christ being God means something to everyone. It meant something to his mother. It meant something to Joseph. It meant something to the woman at the well. It meant something to Nicodemus. It meant something to fishermen, tax collectors, devout Jews, rabbis, soldiers coming to arrest him, soldiers nailing him to a cross, widows who had lost their husbands, mothers who had lost their children, sisters who had lost their brother, fathers who had lost their daughters. The list is almost endless. No matter where you're at in life, no matter what your situation or condition, it matters that you know that Jesus is God. When Nathaniel met Jesus for the first time, it was no different. Quickly he realized that the man he was talking to was more than just a man. He was God in flesh. And Nathaniel could come to this conclusion because Jesus was telling him things that no one else could possibly know about him. Furthermore, I want to point out to you how important it was to Nathaniel to know that Jesus was listening to him. Because what really got the conversation going was when Jesus told Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. And once Nathaniel heard these words, he said, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. There's no real way of telling what Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree. We can, however, assume that it revolved around prayer and devotion to God. In fact, it was the prophet Micah in 4 and 1 who said, But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among many people, and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But they shall sit every man under his fig tree. Zechariah 3 and 10 says this again. It says, In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall you call every man his neighbor under his fig tree. Sitting beneath the fig tree, amen, was a symbol of the spiritual life. Sitting beneath the fig tree, amen, Nathaniel was not only contemplating God, no doubt he was talking to God. Sitting beneath the fig tree was not only something of great importance to ancient people of Israel, it was what God longed to see when he returns and makes people, amen, and makes this world a better place. God wants to see people in the spiritual life. God wants to see people living a life beneath the fig tree. Life doesn't offer anyone in existence free of suffering. There are moments when we don't suffer, but there are no lives that are free of suffering. 
So many people these days suffer from needless anxiety and angst because they believe that there is something wrong with suffering. They believe that there is something wrong with them because they are suffering. It is Jesus in John 16 and 33 who tells us, These things have I spoken unto you that it might be that you might have peace. In the world you will suffer, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Jesus said, when you come to terms with the fact that you are going to suffer, you will have peace. Amen. He says, but I don't want you to be troubled by the suffering because I have overcome the world. In other words, I have overcome the suffering. And if I am with you, you will overcome the suffering as well. But you got to live beneath the fig tree. Amen. I believe with all of my heart that Nathaniel was experiencing difficulties at the time when he met Jesus. Amen. Perhaps beneath the fig tree, Nathaniel was sick. Maybe he was fearful, financially strapped, and worried. Maybe he was avoiding his home or missing a loved one. Maybe he was under the fig tree, doubtful, discouraged, and looking for answers. Whatever the case may be, Jesus came to him and comforted him by letting him know, amen, in your private and solitary moment, I saw you beneath the fig tree. I heard you praying. I saw you crying. I observed your questions and had compassion on your confessions. Whatever Nathaniel's circumstances were, the words of Jesus made him cry with a loud voice, you are my king. Everything I'm worried about, everything that's weighing heavy on my heart, I know it's going to be okay. Amen. Because I'm standing face to face in the presence of the king. Can I preach to you today that no matter where life has placed you, God's not lost sight of you. Amen. Whether you're asking God big questions, facing big trials, or carrying heavy burdens, your king is listening. You may think he does not hear you, but he hears you. You may think he does not see you, but he sees you. You might have thought you were in the car alone. You were not in the car alone. You might have thought you were in the hospital all by yourself. You weren't in the hospital all by yourself. You might have thought you were in the bank all by yourself. You weren't in the bank all by yourself. You might have thought you were in the court all by yourself. You weren't in the court all by yourself. You might have thought you were in the room crying all by yourself. You were not all by yourself. Your king was listening. Your king was watching. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalms 3 and 4 says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me. Psalms 34 and 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. Psalms 116 and 1 says, I love the Lord uh, because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Uh, I want to preach to somebody today that in the most private and intimate parts of your life, God is watching. Amen. Every time you get under that fig tree and crack open that Bible instead of the news, uh, every time you get under that fig tree and pray instead of argue with your relatives, God is watching. Every time you get under that fig tree and wonder about what God is going to do in the middle of your trial, God is watching. Uh, I'm telling you, there's no place like the life under the fig tree. Amen. There's no place like the prayer life. Uh, there's no place like the place of devotion and the reading of scripture. I want to encourage somebody today. Amen. Stay plugged into God. Stay plugged into your prayer life. Uh, stay plugged into your reading of scripture. Hallelujah. You're not going to find peace in the news. Uh, you're not going to find peace. Amen. And, and, and witty little quotes. Uh, you're not going to find peace in finances and homes. Uh, 
You're not going to find peace in a new car. Amen. You're going to find peace in Jesus. Uh, amen. You're going to find peace. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him right now. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Uh, let's lift our hands just for a second. I feel like God is talking to somebody right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's praise him. I feel God talking to us. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. A few minutes ago before I took the pulpit, I set the, the air conditioning to 66. So if you're cold, that's because of me. <laughs> praise God. I'm trying to keep you awake while I preach. But the real reason I have the AC set at 66 because the temperature outside this building affects the temperature inside this building. That's right. And we are, no matter how much we try to fight it, and no matter how much we do fight it, and in some cases are victorious, we're affected by the climate outside. And I think one of the most horrendous things that COVID and the politicizing of COVID has done is make people feel like they are alone. I've had several friends that had children this year, and they could not be there when the baby was born. We've had people recently have to go to the hospital. And we could not be there with them while they are in the hospital. And if you think you've contacted COVID, you're going to have to sit alone in your house. Amen. Quarantined away from your family, away from your church, away from your job, away from your friends. And so there is this looming fear of loneliness. And there is, it's been going on for long enough now where the loneliness, the temperature outside is beginning to settle in on the inside. And even Christians are convinced, amen, that they are somehow more alone today than they've ever been. Hallelujah. And uh, I just came to destroy that. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I just came to to step on that for a little bit. Amen. I just came to let you know that you are not alone. Praise God. And I just came to let you know this is a word from the Lord. Uh, maybe while you were praying, you wanted God to talk to you then, but God is talking to you now. Praise God. He wants you to know that he saw you crying in the car. He saw you crying in that room. He's been listening to you. Somebody said, well, that why didn't he answer? Friend, let me just tell you something. Amen. The fact that God is listening is enough for me. Praise Praise God, because if he's listening, I know he's going to make a way. David said, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Hallelujah. And can I tell you, amen, that that fig tree represents the private life of an individual. Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, when Jesus saw Nathaniel, he said, look at this guy right here. He said, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't need to prove to me that you're righteous. You don't need to prove to anybody in this church that you're righteous. Uh, amen. God knows whether you're righteous or not. God knows whether there's guile in your heart or not. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but somebody has been crying and you know in your heart of hearts, God, I'm not wrong. Uh, God, I'm doing the best I can to live right. Hey, let me tell you, God's taking good notes. Uh, amen. God keeps good books. Uh, God keeps good records. Praise God. He knows, he knows that you're doing everything in your power to live right, to do right, to be right, to think right, to 
to talk right. Amen. Hallelujah. And he sees you beneath the fig tree. Uh, amen. Those hours you spend in prayer, those hours you spend reading your Bible instead of the newspaper, praise God, they are not in vain, praise God. They are some of the most precious moments in your life. And so for a few more minutes today, I want to talk to you about your fig tree. Praise God. Number one, you need to guard your fig tree. Proverbs 27 and 18 says, Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Fig trees require a lot of care, but when they are cared for properly, they yield abundant amounts of fruit. And Solomon tells us you have to guard your fig tree. You have to attend to it. You have to monitor its condition. You have to make sure that your fig tree is doing good. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to preach to somebody today that when you're troubled huh, and when you're anxious and when you're going through things, huh, amen, monitor your prayer life. Huh, amen. Hallelujah. Keep good tabs on it. Huh, amen. Don't let it get polluted with and populated with bitterness and with anger. Amen. I'm afraid to tell you, amen, I'm, 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 I'm not just always making sure I pray. I'm always trying to listen to myself pray as well. Amen. I want to make sure that I'm not just complaining. Huh? I want to make sure that I'm not just asking God all day to zap people who don't agree with me. Praise God. I want to make sure that I'm not angry in my time of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to make sure that there's nothing hindering my prayer. You married couples, listen to me good. The Bible says not to fight lest your prayers be hindered. Huh? Amen. Hallelujah. You got to make sure that your prayer life is intact. Huh? You got to make sure that your life under the fig tree, amen, is not becoming overgrown, huh? amen, and infested huh? with anger, with bitter. You know, when, when, when enough goes wrong, it's easy to not even want to pray. But some of us are disciplined enough to still hit the prayer room even when everything's going wrong. But we're not disciplined enough to say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell God my problem. I'm going to even complain for a little bit. Huh? I'm going to wrestle with this angel, praise God. But when I'm done, I'm going to give him praise. Huh? And when I'm done, I'm going to make sure that, come on. Hey, the prayer closet needs to be cleaned out too. The prayer... Come on, there's, there's been a lot of times I've had to go into my prayer closet and say, you know what, this don't belong here. That don't belong here. Hallelujah. I don't need to be praying about that. I need to just stop that. Amen. I need to focus my prayers here, not there. I need to keep my focus right here, not over there. Praise God. I, I need to quit asking God about this. I need to leave it in his hands and then just leave it alone. Praise God. Amen. And I need to believe that he's going to do what's right. Amen. And I need to believe that every time I come under the shadow of the fig tree praise God he's gonna hear me and he's gonna answer my prayers let's give God some praise hallelujah come on let's praise him I'll never forget uh, my my former pastor tells this story it's kind of comical but true there was this young couple um, the, the husband was a very world-renowned preacher. And uh, my pastor had to go pick him up at the airport one day. And uh, they got in the car, the husband and the wife, and they started driving out to church. And, and you know, the small talk ensued. And, uh, you know, how you guys been? Been good? And the husband said, we just, we've been really good. Just came back from a... From a, from a vacation in Hawaii. Praise God. We, we got a lot of Hawaii folks just came back. Amen. Hallelujah. They out there. Brother Cameron came back. Amen. The Rivas. Praise God. The Diaz. All right. We got Hawaii in the house. 
Praise God. Amen. And um, he said, man, it was good. We went to Hawaii. He said, we, we got out there on the beach. And uh, it was beautiful. We had a hibachi. We were, we were broiling fish. And he was just really hyping it up. And my pastor said that he saw a little hand just creep over the, the, the back of the car seat. It was his wife's hand, and she pulled herself forward. And she said, hibachi. She said, it was a hole in the ground. She said, you dug that up yourself. She said, and we stayed in a lousy hotel. You know why? Because we were broke. She said, and when we weren't making holes in the ground, we had packed lunches. And she just started complaining and complaining and, and bickering and, and, and just talking negative. And my pastor said the next time he saw that man, he went from a world-renowned preacher to a UPS driver. Not because of his own fault, but because in his marriage, there was two opinions about the quality of life and what it really means. In their marriage, one person was excited about all that God was doing. And in the other marriage, it had become infested, amen, and run over, praise God, with complaining and bittering and indifference, amen, to the blessings of God. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, praise God, but you need to learn how to praise God, amen, with the little stuff and the big stuff. You need to learn how to praise God. Come on, somebody. I don't care if your Mother's Day is spent at the Alameda Beach with tinfoil wrapped bologna sandwiches. You ought to praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You ought to, come on, somebody. Oh, let's praise him right now. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him right now. Hallelujah. Oh, can we lift our hands and praise God for just a few moments here? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on, let's, let's, let's get a gratitude adjustment right now. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I, I want to preach. I, I, got, I got a few more points to make, but I want to preach to some married couples right now. I mean, le quiero hablar a unas parejas para unos momentos. Praise God. Somebody has to take a stand. Siempre va a tener que ver a alguien dentro del matrimonio que va a tener una perspectiva positiva. Amen. No matter what happens in your marriage, there's always got to be somebody that's going to just hold down the standard and have a positive outlook. You both can't be the negative side of the battery. Praise God. Every marriage needs somebody that's going to say, you know what? Thank you, God, for this sandwich. Thank you, God, for this apartment. Thank you, God, for these children. Thank you, God, for what we have. Thank you. Come on, somebody. Tiene que ver alguien que le va a dar gracias a Dios en los tiempos buenos y malos. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. And it doesn't have to be both. You know, because I met some folks, they're just fake. Everything's always okay. I just don't like that. I know everything's not okay, praise God. But it does have to be balanced. Somebody, somebody, somebody has to keep positive. Somebody has to realize, you know what, life under the fig tree ain't that bad. Life under the fig tree ain't that bad. Because I remember when I used to live under the, praise God, under the leafless tree, praise God. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of an ugly tree right now. I remember when I used to live under the, Praise God, the, the ugly trees, amen. But life under the fig tree ain't that bad. It's better than life under the money tree. Yeah. 
Praise God. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think I'd get a big amen on that. Praise God. It's better than life. Amen. Under all the other trees. Praise God. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to move on quickly here. The fig tree teaches us and helps us to appreciate the sweet fruit of having spiritual leadership. Judges 9 and 10 says, They asked the fig tree, Will you be our king? But the fig tree replied, I won't stop growing my delicious fruit just to have my branches wave above other trees. And I don't have time to break this verse down to you. But in short, it is a parable that's talking about feuding people in the kingdom of Israel. And there was one man who just always wanted to be on top of everything. And they start comparing this man to a bad tree. And this bad tree walked up to the fig tree. And he said, fig tree, because he, he couldn't get the position, he started trying to convince other people that they deserved the position. And he said, fig tree, you deserve the position. And the fig tree said, you know what? I'm happy where I'm at. I'm submitted. I have spiritual leadership in my life, and it produces sweet fruit. Enough with these maverick rogue Christians who think they don't need a church, who think they don't need a pastor, who think they can be Christians sitting at home. I'm sorry. You're not saved at home. I'm sorry. You're, you're rogue. You're just a rogue. You're a maverick. Praise God. And you're not going to be saved just chilling at the house trying to be spiritual. Praise God. Because we're not called to just be spiritual. We're called to be scriptural. We're called. Come on, somebody. We... Come on. And we're not just worshiping a man. Praise God. We're worshiping Jesus. And Jesus has a body. And that body is found at 2167 Harbor Bay Parkway. Praise God. I'm telling you. you come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Praise God. Let's praise him. And that church has a pastor. And that church has elders. And that church has people that have been saved longer than you. And that church has people that have not been saved as long as you. That need your leadership. That need you to be a good example. That need you to be a good role model. Praise God. You need to get you a church and stay in the church. Praise God. You need to get you under the fig tree and stay under the fig tree. Come on. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Love and appreciate uh, Brother Cameron Parker right here, trying not to clap too loud lest we wake up Zoe. But you know Brother Cameron Parker, he, uh, he, he, he was at the house. Praise God. He was watching church on TV and God spoke to him and said, it's time for you to go to church, son. <laughs> Amen. He got up, left the house, walked in the East Bay Bible Fellowship, never stopped walking it. Praise God. Come on. That's right. But thank God. That he was able to see life beneath the fig tree. Thank God that he had enough sense to obey the voice of God. And say I'm going. I'm going to live that life beneath the fig tree. Praise God. I'm going to get myself under that fig tree. Amen. And, I, and, and, and I'm not worried. Praise God. I'm not worried. You know y'all don't know this. I'm, I'm bragging on my man. Praise God. Let me just say this. I'm not allowed to have favorites. The, the Bible says pastors should not have favorites. I don't have favorites. Praise God. But I do love Brother Cameron Parker a whole lot. He is... Amen. He, he, he is highly intelligent. He's highly gifted. Praise God. He sings. He's got a PhD. He's got a beautiful family. Praise God. He's, he, 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 he would never tell you that. That's why I'm telling you that. Praise God. And he's humble. 
He's living that life beneath the fig tree. He's not worried about topping anybody here. You will never talk to this man and him try to get one up on you. Praise God. I'm so tired of folks in church that always want to try to get one up on everybody. That's not life beneath the fig tree. That's not life beneath the fig tree. Amen. You're trying. Amen. I'm telling you the minute, the minute your only desire is to have branches that go higher than everybody else's. I'm telling you, you're going to stop producing sweet fruit. The minute you start trying to correct everybody, you're going to stop producing sweet fruit. How about we let the word of God correct everybody? How about, how about we let the pastor pastor? Praise God. How about we let the elders be the elders? Praise God. How about we let the, come on somebody, come on. Amen. Hallelujah. How about, how about the kids who are still under 18 listen to their parents? Praise God. Amen. How about, how about the kids that are over 18 still listen to their godly parents once in a while? Because you never know. You know, mom and dad, amen, you might know mom and dad inside out, but mom and dad still know some things you don't know. That's right. Mom and dad still got some jewels. Mom and dad still got some gems. The bag may be a little worn out and thin. And, I, and in particular, I'm talking to those of you that your mothers are in church and saved. And your fathers are too. Praise God. You're, it's not going to hurt you. Praise God. To live that fig tree life. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. And parents, you ought to teach your kids to listen to their father. Amen. And to their mother. We, you know, this is free parent. I, I don't really tell people how to parent. I try not to. Because, well, well, that's another sermon. But one thing we don't allow in our house, my, my kids can't get something out of me that they can't get out of their mother. That's division. That's division. If mom says no, dad should just say no on principle. And so mom and dad can agree on yes. And if dad says no, mom should say no on principle. That's right. So that there's no division. Mom and dad can work it out. And maybe dad's no will turn to a yes. And maybe mom's no will turn into a yes. But whatever the case is, you can't even let your kid split you up. You know what that is? That's your kid trying to get his branches. That's not life beneath the fig tree. That's not where sweet fruit is produced. Kids, the kids want me to stop preaching this. That's, that's, why the, that's why the nine and up stayed. Praise God. You staying for this one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I, you know, I, I, we're all eager to hear what Brother James has to say. He wasn't here today. Praise God. It's always a treat to hear what Brother James is thinking. Praise God. <laughs> but, you know, I'm so glad that Brother James said, my mom taught me to be a Christian. My mom taught me how to get under the fig tree. That's a sweet life. If she leaves me with nothing, I, I thought for sure he's going to talk about her cooking something, you know. He talked about the fig tree. I'm closing with this. Life beneath the fig tree will yield strength. It will yield strength. Joel 2 and 21 says, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid. For the tree beareth her fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield strength. There's a lot of times that life beneath the fig tree looks weak. But in fact, it's a powerful life. 
It's a life that gives strength. I, I had lunch yesterday with my daughter. My daughter right now is really into dogs, and she found a, a, a book about dogs that were superheroes. And uh, we got to talking about superheroes, and I asked her, I said, Ayla, why, why do you think that people are fascinated with superheroes? We got adults in here. Man, you see Spider-Man, he, he, he'll still get you. <laughs> I know some adults that never fall out of love with Superman and whoever and, you know, you know, whatever. And I asked, I said, why do you think humans like superheroes? And I'll tell you why. Because they're powerful. They're powerful. They leap over buildings. They take out troops. They see through walls. They eat and always stay fit. <laughs> but I told Ayla, I said, what, what is the difference between superheroes and Jesus? The difference is that Jesus displayed power through weakness. He didn't jump over buildings. There was people he didn't heal. He let a lot of folks down. He didn't always save the day. He's still not always saving the day. Not only that, he allowed people. You know, God could have came in Sansom form. You know, he could have came back knocking people's heads off, tearing things down. He didn't come that way. He came in a very unsuspecting way. The Bible says, the Bible says in Isaiah that we didn't even want to look at him. He was despised. There was nothing about him that was comely, the scripture says. I know, I know everybody got them pictures of like, you know, blonde, this Jesus that looks like one of the beach boys. I actually don't think it was like that. I actually suspect he was a little short, sunburnt, bald, bearded, unsuspecting individual. In fact, he was so unsuspecting that Judas had to point him out to the Roman soldiers. He said, I'll show you who he is because he blended in so well with everybody. You know, they've done actually, uh, they've done a lot of excavating in Jerusalem. And, you know, they found that most of the bones of the people uh, in the days of Christ were actually very short, real short. Oddly enough, this is kind of interesting to me. This may not be interesting to anybody else here. Harriet Tubman said she had a vision of Jesus. And a lot of people laughed at her because she said, yeah, he's this little short man. God bless Harriet Tubman. Delivered a lot of folks and had a vision of a short little man. So Jesus was not Superman. Jesus, Jesus was not Aquaman. Jesus was not Captain Jerusalem. He was, he was, he was, he was nothing that we would desire. And on top of that, he let everybody down when he decided that he was going to save the world by dying. And he didn't just die. He died naked, hanging on a cross, separated from his parents, separated from his brothers and his sisters, separated from his own disciples. Amen. Thin and em emaciated. Praise God. He just sat there, hanging 
on this cross. He was no superhero. In fact, there was an early philosopher at the turn of the century who despised Jesus. In fact, most of his writings have, have infiltrated American society today and people don't even know it. A man by the name of Nietzsche. And Nietzsche wrote a whole book, one of his best books ever. It's called The Uberman or The, the Overman. And he was tired of this weak Christianity. He hated Christianity. He said, this is ridiculous that we would think that, that, the, that the salvation of man would come through this, through this weak individual who preached peace, who, who preached turn the cheek, who didn't fight, who was no superman. He said, you know what we need? We need a superman. I'll never forget our good bishop and elder uh, brother Jimmy Shoemaker. Amen. He told me a story one time about a man that approached him and said, we're going to we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break off from uh, from the United Pentecostal Church and we're gonna start our own denomination. He said, and it's gonna be powerful and there's gonna be a lot of powerful preaching and powerful prayer meetings and powerful fasting and powerful conferences. And brother Bishop Shoemaker, if you know him, he's just a wonderful man. We'll, we'll have him here soon. He sat back in his chair and he thought about it. He leaned back over and he looked at that man. He said, you know what, brother? There's just not enough powerful people to go around, so I think I'll stay where I'm at. Praise God. I'm telling you right now, you're not powerful. I'm not powerful. Jesus was not powerful. Praise God. But, but his life and imitating his life and connecting to him produces a strength that's unmatched, uh, produces a joy that's unmatched. Uh, amen. I, I'm telling you right now, there's strength in forgiving. There's strength in praying. There's strength in fasting. There's strength in reading the scriptures. There's strength in believing what Jesus says about you. There's strength, hallelujah, in communion. There's strength in foot washing. Praise God. There's strength in living holy. There's strength in living right. There's strength in forsaking sin. There's strength. Come on, somebody. I'm just talking about Christianity 101. There's strength in loving your brother. There's strength in loving your sister. This is the strong life. Praise God. It may not be the powerful life, but it's the strong life. Uh, and it may use the vehicle of weakness to get where it's going. But you better rest assured. Amen. You better rest assured that when you get on the Jesus train, you're going to arrive to the right destination at the right time. Come on, somebody. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, and I'm almost done. There's strength in being honest. You know how most marriages get along outside of Jesus? Just lying to each other. You're getting quiet on me. Praise God. Go ahead. They, they, they swindle. They cheat each other. And all they're doing is just burying hatchets. Because they look at what you would do and say, that's weak. That don't produce strength. You know how there's, you know there's people out there in the world, they, they get promoted, they get ahead. Doing the Uberman. Just asserting power over people. Swindling, hustling, scamming. I know people that have scammed their way. My wife knows. I know people that have scammed their way to some of the highest paying jobs, positions you can imagine. I'm going to just tell you right now. You're going nowhere if you practice that stuff. If you practice being dishonest, if you swindle and you hustle and you jimmy the lock to everything, you're going nowhere. I'm thinking of a particular individual I know. Everywhere they go, they lie about where they went to college. They lie about the jobs they had. 
they lied about their positions, and they get the job, but it catches up to them. And so they got to get a new job every, every, every few months. And you know what? In their mind, it, keep, it's, it works because they keep getting these high-paying jobs, and they keep getting these high-paying positions, and they keep jimming the lock. I'm going to just tell you, there's a shame in being halfway in and then being caught. There's, there's just, it's not a good place to be. You don't want to be that way. And I, 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 listen, I know what it's like to want to lie. I know what it's like to want to say, y'all can look at me like I'm preaching in algebra or Russian if you want to. But I know what it is to want to say something else on the application so you get the apartment, so you get the job, so you get the position, so you get the, so you, come on somebody. Y'all can act funny if you want to. But you start jimmying the numbers and jimmying the, the history and you start doing all that stuff and then, and then you think you made it. Jesus tells a parable just like this. He said, man, there was a great wedding. I know some of you want to go home and you're getting really upset now. Praise God. Welcome to life beneath the fig tree. Hallelujah. Jesus tells a parable just like this, Sister Harris. He tells a parable about a wedding. He said, and, and the wedding was going, and it was, it, it, was, it was jamming. If you've never seen a Jewish wedding, man, they jam at Jewish weddings. Praise God. And they were jamming, and, 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 and the kosher products were flowing. Praise God. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden, there's a guy who snuck in. And the guards tap him on the shoulder. Sir, there's a dress code. And the Bible says, Jesus says it. Take the man out. Take him out. Because he came in like a thief and a robber. You know, it would be one thing if Jesus just said you're a thief, right? You know, thieves just take stuff. Like, I'm careful where I leave my stuff because thieves are real. But he says, no, not only are you a thief, you're also a robber. Robbers are aggressive. He said, you're passive and passive aggressive. <laughs> but you're wrong. I know you made it this far, but you're not going to go any further. Because you thought it was about getting over. You thought it was about Uber. We're not, we're not talking about the car people, Uber. Uber's German for over. Uber. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but you need to assume your place under the fig tree. Hey, guess what? When you're honest and you still get the job, man, you'll, be, you'll have a different praise. You have a whole different praise. When you're honest and you still get the apartment, you'll have a whole different praise. When you're honest and you still get the credit card loan, you'll have a whole different praise. It got real quiet on me. Praise God. I'm losing folks right now. Somebody out there lying about how much they make a year. You don't have to do that. You don't have to lie. You don't have to be dishonest. And maybe you just need to come to terms for that it's time for you to wait. Praise God. But I'm telling you, when you do things right, praise God, this life will produce strength. This life will produce grace. This life will open doors. Oh, let's praise him right now. Let's praise him. And I wish I feel like I could finish, and I'm going to finish, but I, I need to drive this point home to somebody today. You can do things the right way. Don't let the devil tell you otherwise. Amen. 
Can we all just pray together for a few seconds? I, I really am done preaching. I, I want us to all pray together. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You know, there's, there's, there's an individual here in this building. Uh, I won't say their name cause, just because I don't think they would want me to say their name, but I don't think they'll mind me saying this. They, uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago they were living in a box. And I'm speaking literally now. They were that poor. They were that poor. But they kept praying. And that was their victory. But they stayed honest. They stayed prayerful. They kept believing God would make a better way. And God did. And that person is blessed. Has a nice car, a nice place to live. They're healthy. I didn't even know this. They called me and they told me, they said, Pastor, this is where I was living a few... Not that long ago. And I'm just so thankful to God. Oh, and I guarantee you there was days where that person under the fig tree thought God is not listening. Oh, but God listens, folks. God listens. And he sees the integrity of our hearts. If there is any. I want to encourage someone today. God is listening. God is watching. Don't come out from under the fig tree. Teach your children how to live beneath the fig tree. Love your fig tree. Protect it. Guard it. Let's stand. Oh, I know I preached long this morning, but we needed this. I know that sounds a little obnoxious, but we needed this. I needed this. Praise God. There's a fig tree with somebody's name on it right now. Hallelujah. There's a fig tree with somebody's name on it. Oh, his branches are big. His leaves are wide. His fruit is sweet. Oh, that you would heed this preaching. And come out from where you are. And assume your position. In the spiritual life. In the honest life. In the submitted life. Oh, that you would gather your children and teach them about living beneath the future. Teach them to always have spiritual leadership. Teach them to be honest and true. Teach them that weakness can produce strength. 
Teach them. Hey, we got Brother Jesse upstairs trying to teach them about life under the fig tree. But you got to follow through with that too. Saint of God. Let's lift our hands. There's a beautiful presence of the Lord here today. Oh, oh Jesus. You don't just know Jesus. You know Jesus is God. Oh, that's a whole different revelation for him. And you can trust him. bajo la sombra del Espíritu oh aleluya 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 da 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 oh I feel the Holy Ghost moving through this house oh yeah da 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 da